Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor Gillian Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. I have been so expectant to share this message ever since the theme of daughters was dropped into my heart. I knew that I needed to preach this to you tonight. And so I really know that this is going to be something that could shape your future. I wanna start by reading our scripture. Acts 2, 17 to 18 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will pour my spirit out. I will pour my spirit out. I wanna ask you something tonight. Have you eaten tonight? Have you, have you had your dinner tonight? Are there some people in this room who are a little bit hungry? Okay, well, I have got something special for a very select few of a particularly hungry people. Can I, my special helpers, make sure you're very visible and uh, come along, come along, boys. That's it. They're a bit shy at a women's conference. Give them a hand. <laughs> I have some beautiful cupcakes here with the label daughters on them. And I, I need to know tonight who's really, really hungry and would like one of these. Well, I, I'm not seeing anyone really hungry yet. You need to go and, and get those cupcakes. I, I've still got one. Oh, here we go. Okay, they're going down. Has everybody got a, oh my goodness. Wow. The cupcakes were popular tonight. There's still one, is there? No, they're gone. They're gone. See, you know, tonight, there were some people that were pretty desperate for those cupcakes. They were shameless. You were just shameless, because you were hungry, and it made you desperate. You know, you didn't come to this conference to eat for two reasons. One, we couldn't feed you. And two, we couldn't afford to feed you. So you didn't come here to eat. But maybe you came here because you're hungry all the same. Maybe you came here because there's another kind of hunger that's burning deep inside you. Maybe there's some other kind of hunger that's at work in your heart. Maybe tonight you came here for something more. See, I wanna talk to you tonight about this question. I wanna ask you, are you full yet? Are you full yet? You see, sometimes we feel hungry emotionally. Sometimes we feel hungry physically, but we also feel hungry spiritually. And I believe that there can be a hunger deep on the inside of us that God needs to come and fill. There's a hunger that can drive us. Hunger is there to help us know that something is missing. Hunger tells us, I'm not completely full right now. I'm not satisfied right now. When we feel that kind of hunger, it's like there's just 
a hole. There's just something that's not quite right in our lives. You know, the song of my generation when I grew up was good old U2. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. That's why they kick me off the worship team, everybody. (laughs) You know it. Yes. But you see, the thing is, that song echoed in the hearts of a generation. It echoed in our hearts because the truth is that so many of us hadn't found what we were searching for. So many of us weren't full yet. So many of us were still hungry. I wanna ask you tonight, do you feel empty? Do you feel lonely? Do you feel worried? Do you feel tempted? Do you feel full of doubt? You see, I wanna ask you tonight, is being a Christian easy for you? Is following what Jesus asks you to do easy? Or is it hard? Are you continually tempted? Is there continually a battle just to follow what Jesus wants you to do? Is being a Christian hard? You see, for all of us, the question comes back to this. If we are empty, we've not yet been truly filled. If we're empty, we haven't yet experienced the filling that God wants to bring in our lives. You might be a Christian in this room. You might have got saved, but you still feel like something is missing. It could be that you're hungry for more than you've received right now. You know, uh, in 2016, my sister got married. She got married in Italy, and she got married to an Italian, Domenico Salambini, and he's kind of like a young George Clooney, you could say. He's, he's like, oh my goodness, typical Italian, very smooth, lovely man, we're so thrilled. And so we flew over to the wedding and I had the great privilege of being her bridesmaid. I'm her only sister. How could she not have me as her bridesmaid, right? She would have been in so much trouble. But you know, being a bridesmaid, that is hard work. I never realized how hard a bridesmaid had to work. I'm like, man, I could only do it for one day. That was enough. Being a bridesmaid is not just hard work, it's hungry work. I was extremely hungry because I'm always taking care of the bride's needs and never had time to eat. That must be what my assistant, Shalina, feels like all the time. (laughs) Sorry, Shalina. (laughs) But there we were. We finally got to the reception. It was the moment when my bridesmaid's duties were coming to an end and I could begin to fulfill my own needs and eat. And we got to the reception venue and there was a beautiful outdoor pool area with a poolside buffet. And oh my goodness, we were so excited. It was a little more casual than I thought the wedding reception would be for an Italian affair. You know, it was a little more casual, but oh gosh, there were tables. I tell you, oh, Pastor Leo and Suzanne, you would have loved it. There were like six tables laden with food. There was buffalo mozzarella, the size of basketballs. There was prosciutto and salumi. And there was, I know that sounds weird, doesn't it? And there was all kinds of cheeses and there was all kinds of foods. There was breads like you've never seen, like the Italians, they know how to make bread. Are you hungry yet? And there was olive oil and there was, oh my goodness, it just went on and on. And you see, all the Kiwis that had flown over, all the New Zealanders that had flown over for the wedding, we were jet lagged, so we were starving. So we were so excited when we saw this wedding reception food. We thought, this is fantastic. So we grabbed our big plates. 
we loaded up our plates. We loaded them so high, it was amazing. And as we started to eat, we looked at our Italian brothers and sisters and thought, oh, their plates are a little empty. Maybe that's why they're so thin. And <laughs> their plates were very empty. We felt a little self-conscious wondering about this. But you see, they knew something that we didn't know. They knew that there was more to come. <laughs> this poolside buffet was only the appetizer to a seven-course sit-down dinner. Seven courses. We had stuffed ourselves so full at the poolside buffet, thinking that was the meal, that when they ushered us through into the formal dining area, we were so despondent because we hadn't left room for more. We hadn't left room for more. Do you know what the Italians do when they're at weddings? They don't give speeches. I think it's quite enlightened, really. You know, because this, speeches are very hit and miss, don't you think? You know, I think fathers of the bride have got a lot of work to do. That's all I'm going to say. They're very hit and miss in their speeches. But the Italians, they don't do speeches. Do you know what they do? In between each of the seven courses... And uh, if the guys have got that video ready to go, they do something else. So I want to show you what the Italians do in between each course. Can we play that video, please? Italian wedding, and you know, if only we had knew that there was more, but we had filled ourselves up on the appetizer. And I want to say that some of you, I've come here to tell you tonight that some of you have filled yourselves up on what is only the appetizer. And you think that the experience you've had of God and of the Holy Spirit is it. But God's saying, no, 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 no. I got a seven course meal that is yet to come. You've only just started on the appetizer. You're only just getting started tonight. I wanna tell you that God is getting ready to bring out more. It's time for us to keep some room. It's time for us to make some room because God wants to get us full tonight. He wants to fill us with His presence. You see, there is more. Maybe tonight you've come to know Jesus Christ, but you're not aware that there was more than just knowing that salvation. I wanna read to you from Acts chapter 19 tonight about what happened when Paul came across some believers and he, he met these believers who'd found Jesus. And this is his first question to the people that believe in Jesus. So let's see what Paul has to say. He says in Acts 19, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them? No, they replied. 
We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and they prophesied. They prophesied. You see, these believers are asked by Paul, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they're like, we haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. What are you talking about, Paul? We haven't even heard about, about that. But you see, they didn't realise that there was more. In their Christian experience, they'd only stepped into the appetizer. In their Christian journey, they'd only experienced a little bit of God. And you know what? We can be like that. We can be like that with God. And we only experience a little bit. And he's wanting to say, there is, there is, have, you, have you had this? And he's like, I can't believe you haven't discovered this about me. I can't believe you don't know this about me. You see, when, when Paul came and spoke to them, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why was that? Because Paul had an expectation that there was more for them. And Jesus wants us to know that there is more for us. There is more for us. You see, there may be more tonight than we actually realise. Maybe you've been a Christian for a while and you're kind of a bit stagnant. There may be more. There may be more. There may be more than you realise tonight. I want to tell you that you need to keep room. You need to keep room. You know, if only we hadn't filled ourselves up at the wedding on all this other food, we could have experienced the third course of salmon parcels. We could have experienced the lamb ragu. We could have experienced all the courses that just kept on coming, but we hadn't kept room for more. You know, we need to make space for God to fill us. See, He's wanting to fill us, but we need to make that space. Our society is filling up on something. It's filling up on fake comfort food. Our society is filling up on wine. It's filling up on Netflix. It's filling up on sex. It's filling up on drugs. Our society is filling up on news feeds and politics, and not to mention the royal family. I mean, yeah, okay, we all binge watch that, right? We all fed ourselves on that. The 24-7 news stream that we're all part of. But you see, it's fake food. And the world is saying, this is what you've got to fill yourself on. You've got to stay connected to everything that's going on. We're, we're constantly consuming, but completely empty. What we're eating often is not giving us nutrition. In fact, it's making us sick. See, we're designed to be filled. We're designed to be receiving something. But the truth is that when we're imbibing of the wrong things, we end up sick rather than made well. And our society doesn't understand the fact that God wants us to be containers and not consumers. See, Jesus comes and says, I'm gonna make you my vessel. I, I wanna pour new wine into you. I wanna pour rivers of living water into you. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. See, the thing is, there is something God wants to put on the inside of you, but is there room for God to put it in you? 
So you're meant to have treasure from heaven, the hope of your salvation put on the inside of you, but it won't work if we're filling up on fake comfort food. It won't work if we haven't kept room for the more that Jesus wants to pour out in our lives. It's time to become a container and not a consumer. I wanna tell us tonight we need to be hungry for the Holy Spirit. He's the only one who can perfectly fill us. We need to be hungry. You know, we had our, our cupcake queens in this room who they, were, they got a little bit hungry. They got a little bit desperate. What happens when you get desperate? You don't care what anyone else thinks. You get desperate, oh, give me the cupcake. Ah. Elbow anybody out of the way to get that jolly cupcake. I mean, I need the sugar hit too, right? I get it, I get it. I'm not judgy, no judgy. You actually worked because you did what you were meant to do. <laughs> but when we get hungry, we get desperate. We get desperate. There's something about our inhibitions that goes when we're really hungry. I, uh, my mum, in Christmas, she broke her ankle. It was terrible to watch her in such pain. I flew to Auckland to help her out because it's just my dad and my mum. And we went to Auckland Hospital. That place is a zoo. That place is a maze. It was in the middle of reconstruction. I'm not talking about the nurses, I'm talking about the building, just to be really clear. The nurses are amazing, but the building needs some work. And my poor mum had broken her ankle. And so we were trying to look after her, figure out what was going on. Did she need an operation? What was gonna be happening? And dad and I were with her most of the day and all we got to eat all day was like a little salad, rabbit food, I call that. Just a little salad, that was it. Doesn't really fill you up, does it? And so we finally got out of the hospital about 10 p.m. And dad's driving down the road and he's like, oh, I'm really hungry. I was like, yeah. He says, oh, I really want a cheeseburger. I said, oh. He says, don't you want a cheeseburger? I said, well, I really shouldn't. I don't eat gluten. Uh, you know, I, I don't eat bread anymore. I really shouldn't. He's like, but don't you want a cheeseburger? <laughs> so don't tell Shelly, that's my nutritionist. Uh, I said, oh, go on then. I'll get a cheeseburger. I just, you know, I needed to, you know, go along with him. Yeah, I needed to go along with him. Moral support, help a father out. Help a father out, be a good daughter. Good daughter, we're the daughters. And so we're driving uh, to McDonald's and he's like, okay, great, this is great. And so he drives down the side road um, and we get to the side road where you turn into the entrance of McDonald's and the barrier arm is down. And so he's like, oh, he can't get through. But he's like, I can see people over there at the drive-through. Let's just go around the other side. So he pulls out in quite a hurry, drives around the other side and gets to the other side of McDonald's. Now there is no entrance on this side. There is only an exit. Does that stop my father? No. This is very unusual for my father. But you see what happens is hungry people get desperate. Hungry people get desperate. And this hungry father got very desperate. So he drove in through the exit. We went over some kind of speed bump that made scraping noises onto the undercarriage of the car. It survived somehow. 
And then we managed to pull ourselves into the drive-through lane with the little speaker. And Dad drove up, he's expectant, he can see a car at the window up in the, ahead of us. And he, he gets to the speaker box, says, hello, uh, can we have two cheeseburgers, please? And the person goes, no, sorry, can't do it. Can't you see, it's closed. Drive-through's closed, close at 10 p.m. Did Dad take no for an answer? He's like, oh, can't you just, you know, wrestle them up? Like, how hard is it to cook a cheeseburger, he's thinking. Just possibly, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but there must be some leftovers. Like, no, sorry, it's all closed. So then Dad drives to the window where you're face to face with the person. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh no. This person better not be going to Arise Auckland. Oh no, I'm like... I want my cheeseburger, but this is bad. And Dad says, oh, you just don't happen to have a cheeseburger, do you? And the lady looks at him like, no, we don't have a cheeseburger. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so Dad and I laugh our heads off. I'm killing myself. I can't stop laughing for like five minutes because you've got to understand this is so outside of my father's wheelhouse. It's unbelievable. And I'm like, desperate people, Desperate people, you don't worry. You don't worry about how you look. You don't worry about how you appear. You don't worry about what anybody else thinks. You just get hungry and you want that thing real bad. And you see, God says, I want you to get desperate. I think in this room tonight, there's some people who need to get hungry, who need to get desperate, because desperate people don't worry about what anybody else thinks. They just want to get filled. They want to get filled. You know, I know what it is to get so hungry for God that you can't sleep at night. I know what it is to get so desperate for Him that I would stay awake all night. I just longed for Jesus so much that I wouldn't go to sleep. I'd fall asleep at class at school, that was okay. (laughs) But I couldn't sleep at night. When I lay down in my bed, I'd be reading the Psalms, I'd be listening to worship songs, and the excitement and the wonder that whilst I'm here on earth, I can stand in the throne room, kept me awake at night. And as I was in His presence, something began to change. See, I didn't wanna leave His presence. I grew up as a happy child. I have a very, very wonderful childhood. But what I did have in my childhood was a bit of rootlessness. See, I went to about five different primary schools at my first year at school. And I think I went to about nine or 10 different primary schools over my time at school. So we were kind of nomadic as a family. We moved around a lot. And so for me, there was kind of a loneliness or an emptiness, you could say, a little bit of rootlessness. And I knew that there was something missing in my life. Wonderful family, wonderful parents, but there was just something missing. And when I began to lie on my bed and begin to seek Jesus, suddenly that emptiness became filled. Suddenly that emptiness wasn't empty any longer. Suddenly there was love and joy and peace. Suddenly I wasn't alone, but I was hanging with the anchor of my soul, my best friend, the lover of my soul. And as I spent more time with him, there was so much more freedom that came into my life. I discovered the presence and the power of God. I discovered the anointing to pray and see prayers answered. I discovered the faith to believe for miracles. I discovered a spiritual life that made me resist temptation and only want what God, I found 
what I had always been searching for because I was filled with the Holy Spirit. But this did not mean my life was perfect. I don't wanna give you a false picture tonight. It did not mean my life was perfect, but it did mean that I was satisfied. It did mean that I was full. It did mean that I was complete. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen this old movie. It's an old rom-com. It's called Jerry Maguire. And in this movie, the guy has done a really bad job of getting the girl, and he realizes he's stuffed up. And he comes to her, and he's gotta lay it all out on the field to get her back, because she's over him. She's like, I've had enough of this guy. I've had enough of his baggage. I'm moving on with my life. And this guy, in his last ditch effort to win the girl of his dreams, he comes to her and in front of all the co-workers because it's not a, a romantic movie without a PDA. And so he gets there and he goes to her. He says, you complete me. And everybody's like, oh, it's amazing. You complete me. That became the line, you know, you complete me. And you know what the truth is? No person can complete you. Nobody else can ever complete us. There is only one person, and that is the person of the Holy Spirit who can complete us. There is a vacuum-shaped hole on the inside of us that can only be filled by God Himself. No other fake comfort food, no other person, no other longing, nothing will satisfy that hole in our lives except for Jesus Christ. You see, I believe that some people in this room are gonna find what you've always been searching for. I believe there's some people who are a bit empty tonight that are gonna leave filled. I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna do something in your heart that you won't leave this place empty, but you're gonna leave different tonight. See, the Holy Spirit wants to fill us to overflow. He fills us to overflow. Jesus says to the disciples in Acts chapter one, four, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift He promised. I love presents, who loves presents? Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift. They're like, oh, what gift? And Jesus says, as I told you before, John baptized with water, that's the baptism of repentance from our sins, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. See, the Holy Spirit is this gift that Jesus wants to give us. And many of us experience this baptism of repentance. We know salvation. We understand the free gift of God of eternal life. But some of us don't know that there is more. That there is not just the forgiveness of sins, but there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're just on the appetizer. And God's saying, are you full yet? Are you full yet? Are you actually full yet? You see, these disciples, they know that God's told them to wait. And so it says they waited for this gift. And in Acts chapter two, it says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. I wanna tell you just a little bit about the Holy Spirit tonight. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. And the Bible says that this same Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit is the power and anointing of God. He is our comforter. He is a spirit of revelation and understanding, a spirit of power and a sound mind. He is our comfort when we are lonely. He is our confidence when we are afraid. He is our peace when we are anxious. He is our source of power when we pray. He is our helper. He helps us and prays through us when we don't know what to pray. 
Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and He wants us to be as well. Come on, are you full yet? Are you full yet? Have you received this kind of fullness of the Spirit that Jesus came to bring us? Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. See, we understand that we are to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul said. You received the baptism of repentance for your sins. Now you're gonna receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a one-off experience of the Holy Spirit coming in power upon your life, like the rushing wind that filled in Acts where the disciples were waiting. There was a sound from heaven like a mighty wind, a flame of fire that came upon their heads. That was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But here in Ephesians, Paul is talking about something else. He says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not the baptism. This is talking about the ongoing, constant, continuous infilling of the Holy Spirit. It is likened in the Bible to a wind coming in a sailboat. It is that kind of being filled because the boat can't sail without the wind. We are on the sea of life. We are a vessel on the sea of life. He is the anchor that holds us steady, but we need the wind of the Holy Spirit to move us because those who are led by the Spirit are sons and daughters. And so when we are filled, when we are filled, we begin to move as we are led by the Holy Spirit and something begins to take place on the inside of us. We are no longer empty. We are no longer afraid because the power of Christ, the comforter, the helper, the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is at work within our mortal bodies, giving life to it. We have the Spirit of the overcomer. We have the risen and conquering Spirit of Christ. We are the redeemed and we know not only a baptism of repentance and salvation, but a baptism of the power of God that changes, it changes the game, my friends. It's time to get off the appetizer. You've been sitting out at the poolside. You've been sitting around at the pool, dipping your toes in the water. And it's time to take the plunge and go through to the reception where the seven course meal is waiting for you tonight. God has got so much more for us. We need to get filled tonight. You see, when we're filled, we're different. The Bible says that when we're filled, our speech is different. We have a new song. We have a new perspective on things. We're thankful. We have joy. We have freedom. See, living the Jesus way is so much easier because we're not trying to do it in our own strength. Not just trying to do it in our might, because not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Come on, somebody. You know, the truth is, we're talking about being filled. I, I wanna say tonight, we're all filled with something. Have you ever heard anyone say something? Man, they're so full of it. <laughs> Not very nice, is it? They're so full of it. Usually means arrogance or pride or something. But the reality is, we're all filled with something. And we have gotta choose what it is that we're filled with. We gotta choose what it is that we're allowing to come inside of us. I wanna ask you, what are you full of tonight? Are you full of the Holy Spirit tonight? Or are you actually full of fear? Are you full because of the season that you've just walked through the last year? Are you full of anxiety? Are you just full of anxiety and worry constantly about things that are outside of your control? Are you maybe full of anger, the stuff happening in your world and in your life that's beyond your control? Can't deal with it, just can't deal don't know what to do, but there's just this anger 
that's filling your heart and it's anger that's driving your direction. Maybe tonight you're filled with despair. It's been a tragedy. It's been a tough season. And there's been a pain that's come in your heart. But you see, that pain can either be let go of or it can turn into bitterness or it can turn into joy. There is a choice we make. Maybe tonight you're filled with stress. Maybe tonight what's filling you is a whole lot of distractions. Sometimes there's just so much going on that we're just filled with busyness. We're not anchored. We're like going from thing to thing. I know I feel like that sometimes. So much it happens in our busy world, but it's actually not what we can get filled with. Busyness is not productiveness. See, God wants to pour His Spirit out, and when He does, when we allow Him to fill us, he accesses our inner being. You know, imagine when you're washing your dishes. <laughs> we all got a weekend off that, hopefully. The men are doing it, doing it for themselves. And get a vessel or a, a, something dirty. And when you go home and you wash it, you pour the water into that thing, right? And when you pour it in, you're cleaning out all the dirt and all the grit and all the things that got stuck inside it all the things that got burnt on it, the things that got painfully splattered in it. And as we pour the water in, suddenly what was in it has to come out. Because when you fill something that's already got something in it, when you fill it with something new, the old has to come out. See, God wants to come and fill us so that the old would come out, so that the, the, the things that are not of God would come out. You see, that's why the Bible says that we are to be a new creation. How does that work? Because when we're filled with the Spirit of Christ, we're no longer the old man, but we're the new man because we've been made new by the Spirit of God. And God wants there to be an overflow in your life tonight, a pouring in to have a pouring out to suddenly be, those things don't have to stay on the inside of us because as He's poured out on us, there's a change that takes place on the inside of us. God wants to fill us to overflow. God wants to fill us to overflow. How's it gonna happen? We need to ask God for more. We need to ask for the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible teaches us that God is actually waiting for us to ask. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 6, those who hunger and thirst will be filled. Psalm 42, as the deer longs for water, my soul longs for you. You see, maybe you're empty and it's time to come and get filled up. Jesus said in John chapter seven, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. See, we need this living water. We need this infilling. As the deer longs for the water, so my soul longs for you or pants for you. Do you know, it's really interesting about the deer that longs for the water. You know, deers, rivers are their place of security. When a deer can find a river, they can escape from the predators. When a deer can find the river, it can lose its scent to the enemy. And see, when we come and receive rivers of living water, we find our escape route from the enemy. We find our place of protection. When the river of living water begins to flow out from us, 
we step into a place of security and ease and confidence and freedom from fear. So as the deer pants for water, my soul longs for you. It's not just about the filling, it's about the flowing. It's about the fact that we get to go somewhere. We get to be removed from what we are in because God will begin to move on our behalf. God will overshadow and protect us. You know, I'm come here to tell you tonight that you're not gonna go hungry. You're not gonna be empty or lonely anymore. You're not gonna be filled with doubt anymore or fear anymore. You see, there is a pouring out. See, God says, I will pour my spirit out. I will pour my spirit out on my sons and my daughters and they will prophesy. I will pour. See, their first is a pouring. And God is wanting to pour His Spirit out. Second, there's a filling. So we have to come hungry. We have to come hungry. We have to come asking for more because we need to be filled. But then when we're filled, when His Spirit is poured out and we're filled, when His Spirit is poured out, I will pour my Spirit out, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then what comes next is the flowing. Rivers of living water will flow from within you. My sons and my daughters will prophesy. They will flow in the Holy Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit of sons and daughters. See, first of all, there's the pouring. The Holy Spirit gets poured out. And then there's the filling. The Holy Spirit comes on in us. And then there's the flowing. There's the moving of the Holy Spirit where you begin to prophesy. Can the band come? We're gonna prophesy because you begin to flow in the Holy Spirit. See, God doesn't want you to leave empty. He doesn't want to leave, leave hungry. He wants you to be, have a spirit pour, pour on every person in every balcony bay in this room, every person watching online, in every seat in this building. There's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we could be filled and that we could flow, that we could prophesy. To prophesy to flow speaks to the fact that we are spiritual people that we're not bound to the world, that we can declare things that are not as if they are, that we can look with the eye of faith, that we can begin to sing in the Spirit with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, giving thanks to our Lord, the Father and Jesus Christ. You see, there is something that shifts. See, because we're not just called to just have the one baptism, our salvation, I'm with my friends some of you on the appetizer, I'm here to tell you tonight that there is more. He wants to pour. He wants to pour His Spirit out. He wants to come upon you in power. He wants to come like a mighty rushing wind. He wants to come like a flame of fire. He wants you to know the freedom that belongs to the sons and daughters of God. He wants you to know this glorious freedom that you have been born into and is your inheritance when you are born again that you wouldn't live bound to sin. You're no longer a slave. He set you free. He set you free so you could flow. Rivers, a river is not a stationary thing. It is not a still pool. It is flowing, it is moving. And God wants our lives to be directed in the course of His Spirit, that we would go where He would lead us, that we would be filled to flow. Some of us, we don't actually know what it is to prophesy. We're like, yeah, prophesy. Sons and daughters will prophesy. That sounds great. What does that really mean for you? It means you've been filled. It means you're not empty any longer. It means you're not hungry any longer. It means you've experienced Him coming and meeting the deep needs of your heart. You're no longer empty. Those fears can no longer prevail because as 
you are filled, those things flow out. As you receive, those things cannot remain. And as He's poured out in you, as you're filled, suddenly your speech changes. You speak a different language. You speak in the Spirit and you speak with joy. You speak something out into the atmosphere that begins to shift things. You're a different person and you flow, move in a different way. God's coming with a fresh move of His Holy Spirit. I will pour, I will pour my Spirit out. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. When you are filled, you can prophesy. When you're filled, you can speak the heart of God. When you are filled, you become someone who can move by the power of the Spirit. Because remember, it's not our human strength that will change this world. It's not anything we can do. We become the light of Christ when we have treasure in earthen jars. When we have this glorious hope and light shining in our hearts, it has to come in. It has to come in for it to shine out. Oh, my friends, don't keep Jesus on the outside of your lives anymore. Don't just make Him only a Saviour. Let Him be the one who's your comforter. Let Him be your source of strength. Let Him be the one who comforts you through those seasons of anxiety. Let Him be the one that when you're angry and when you're upset, you tell Him and let it out. Let your pain become your purpose. Let your trial be your testimony that you would stand and declare, I'm going to prophesy to the four winds. I'm going to speak something into being. I'm a person who can move in the miraculous because I have the power of God filling my life. I received it. Come on tonight. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor Gillian Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch and at Gillian Cameron.